special time for our four to seven-year-olds as they go to uh, Children's Church and spend some time with that legendary Pastor D that I mentioned to you. I love that, just teaching them some of the wonderful basic things of God. I also love that he's recruited um, a few teenagers, to uh, young teens and tweens, to help him and facilitate that time together. That's, that's been a blessing for them as well, to be discipled by Pastor D there. Oh, I, uh, I left my, my phone over there. Um, Asher or Josiah, can you bring me my phone? I had a couple things I wanted to share. I saw a few headlines uh, that I thought might be helpful. I had so much to say up front that was kind of uh, serious and thank yous and all that. But um, this uh, headline says, oh, oh, no, the ghost of Christmas future just showed up and he's wearing a hazmat suit. No, didn't. I don't know if that's a real headline or not, but... Um, I thought that was something. With supply chain issues, families are forced to settle with being thankful that God came to earth to save us. Ouch, that one sings a little bit. Listen, I don't know what Christmas was like for you. By the way, those are not real headlines. Those are jokey jokes, right? Okay. Um, I don't know what Christmas was like for you. It was a special time for our family, unlike any we've had before, as we acknowledged loss and celebrated the gift of, um, of dear loved ones and friends that, uh, were, that went to heaven this year, and we were grateful for that. And um, it was a special time. We, we lingered longer with family this year. Uh, let me just say a word to all the young people in the room. I know how excited we get about the gifts of Christmas, but you know what? If I asked you, tell me every Christmas gift you got two years ago, you may not remember. If I say, tell me every gift you got last year, young people, you probably don't remember. In fact, some of the dads, maybe even the moms in the room, um, are like, yeah, no, we've thrown half of those away because they broke within a week. I don't know. But, 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 the older you get in life, and this sounds a little cheesy, and I'm okay with that, the times that you spend together as family are so meaningful. You'll have fun memories of times that made you laugh and cry and crazy things that happened when you got together with your cousins or your family. It's just remarkable. So don't rush those moments. Adults, let's not rush everything in our lives. Everything's not transactional. Let's be a little more relational. I know Christmas has passed, but we can still take note from that. Take your Bibles, please, and turn them to John chapter number 16. We're going to be there. We're gonna stop in chapter 14 for a moment before we get there. But um, we've been in this series on God with us, and as we talk about God being with us, it was our Advent series, and I know technically, for those of you keeping record, we're outside of the scope of Advent right now, I got it, but um, man, it had such a great graphic, I hated to waste it. No, I'm kidding. This God with us theme easily carries to today, because what happens after Christmas? Well, we know that Jesus Christ uh, grew in stature and wisdom and that he became a man and lived a sinless, spotless life. I'll get to all that in a moment. And then he left. He was crucified, was buried, rose again, was seen by some 500 people after the resurrection, and then ascended into heaven. What happened next? How does that bless us or inspire us today? One of the greatest catechisms that we have of our modern day tells us that beautiful, simple confession that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. 
that the God of hope and love and joy and peace, that God that is that personified, this covenant-keeping God of the Old Testament, the Word that became flesh in the New Testament, the God that created the universe and sustains all things by His Word, has made a way for you and me to glorify Him and enjoy Him, not just in heaven, but here in the day-to-day, in the mundane, with this theme of God with us, the promise of Emmanuel became very real to Elizabeth and Mary, as we discussed, when God, the Son, took on the form of humanity and robed Himself in flesh. You don't need to turn there. I'll put it on the screen for you. But John 1 captures this beautifully. And the Word became flesh, the Bible says, and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and of truth. Even though Israel was promised a Messiah and the Jewish people holding on to those promises were We're wanting to see this Messiah. In that same chapter, the Bible says, He came into His own, and His own received Him not. He did come as a baby in a manger. It's not a story. It's a message. He did live a perfect, sinless life, even though He was tempted in all points, before He was crucified on the cross for our sins. He gave His disciples a promise. What would God with us look like if the Son had to leave? How could God be with us in a way that fulfilled the covenant promises of the Messiah and His calling of the world to repentance? How would the disciples access the living hope, the true love, the indescribable joy, the peace that would pass understanding if Jesus was going away? Was He like the kid on the playground who had all the cool toys and once He left, the party was over because He took them all with Him? No. How can you and I have access today? Did it all end when Jesus left? No, it was just the beginning. This morning, we want to draw from the reality of God with us to our right now on this final, take a deep breath, I don't know if you realize this, final Sunday of 2021. Did you like do the math when you were coming out of the house this morning? Like, oh, 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 wow. What does God with us look like on this final Sunday of 2021? Well, God with us, here's the title, brings His Spirit. God with us brings His Spirit. What kind of relationship do you have with the Holy Spirit? Some people act as if He doesn't exist. Others fail to credit Him with being fully God. They treat Him like the force or something. Still others are intimidated by those that he fills with his power. There are even people who try to control the Holy Spirit. The Bible says our God is an all-consuming fire. Despite all the misconceptions, the Holy Spirit has a very important role to play in the life of every believer. And I'm going to say this very carefully this morning. Also, the Holy Spirit has a very important role to play in the life of of the unbeliever this morning too. Benjamin West, the great painter, 
when he was speaking to his students about Gilbert Stuart, another great painter and master of beautiful coloring, he used to say to his pupils, it's no use trying to steal his colors. If you want to paint like Stuart, you've got to steal his eyes. Some artists just see things the rest of us can't see. And if you and I want to walk in this life and glorify God and enjoy Him forever, here and there, then we need the Holy Spirit living in and working through us. We cannot have the mind of Christ with just information about Jesus. The Word of God is awesome, but stories about Jesus, information about Jesus will not bring about transformation. You need to be a new creation by what the Holy Spirit will do in you. Before we touch the text that Mark read for us this morning. Look with me quickly at John 14. Keep a finger in John 15 or 16 where you are and, and flip over to John 14 verses 15 through 17. Is that enough teens for you to confuse you? John 14 verses 15 through 17. Look at what the word of God says right here. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be, he's saying to those disciples, in you. Now Mark, if you'll go back to the previous verse, I want to work this text just a little with a verse on the screen. It's a tender message he's addressing his disciples very tenderly here. And here's what he's saying. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What does Jesus mean when he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments? Watch this. This is earth shattering. Ready? He means, if you love him, you will keep his commandments. Yeah, but what does he really mean? Here's what he means. If you love Jesus, you will obey the things Jesus said to do. Yeah, pastor, but break it down for me. I'm done. That's it. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he knows that that's an impossible thing for us to do perfectly. And he says, and guess what? I'm going to send you a helper so that you have some help in the process. In order to bring me glory and honor, you need a helper. Look at it. And he's going to be a gift from the Father. He's going to be a helper. He's going to be with you forever. Let's go to the next slide there, Mark. He's the spirit of truth. He's going to bring truth. The Spirit will never lead you in error. He's not going to lead you the right way. And if people claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit and say things that are contrary to this Bible, that's not the Holy Spirit filling them. It's something else. Could be some bad pizza they ate. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit leads us in truth and truth that always points to Jesus. Now, he's not only with us, he's in us as we're being made new. He'll work in ways that the world refuses to see and turns a blind eye to. But watch this last little part of the text here. You will know him because he's with you, and you will know him because he will be in you. So we know him because he's with us. We know him because he's in us. Here's the other side of the coin. He knows us too. In fact, your most intimate Moments with God are because the Holy Spirit 
is working inside of you. Wow. What a promise. I, I want you to process this. When you say, um, I need help from God. Lord, I need you to help me. Please, I need help. And we cry out to help for God. And I don't know what's doing that. Maybe it's some sickness in your life. Or maybe it's some pain in your life. Or maybe you've done the numbers and recognized there's still more months left and you're out of money. I don't know what it is in your life. And you're like, Lord, will you send us a help? And God says, yes, I'm going to send help. Notice what Jesus addresses. With all the sickness and all the depravity and all the wars and all the famine in the earth, here's what he said. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to help you because you need truth and you need me. That first point this morning is the promised Holy Spirit. Jesus promised it and in Christ all the promises are yes and amen. The promised Holy Spirit. Number two this morning, the prescribed work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've already read this text. I'm going to touch it briefly this morning and get to our third point, and that's where the application comes for the day. The prescribed work of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 5 through 15 was our text. I'd like to just kind of drill down, if we can, and look at verses 8 and following. I think that's what I have up. Look at what the text says. Mark read this just a moment ago. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, if you kind of keep that text in front of you and walk with me through the little bullets that naturally jump out of the text, here's what you see. There's so much beauty in this text. For the sake of time, I'm just going to touch on a few of these elements. The first thing I want you to notice, there are three kind of prescribed works of the Holy Spirit here. The first is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. He will convict. He will convict. Boy, that doesn't that sound just encouraging. On the last Sunday morning of December, man, Christmas was yesterday. I came to be encouraged and lifted up, and the pastor laid down the conviction word on me. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is coming to help us, and he's coming to convict. Convict of what? If you want to take subpoints, you can. You don't need to. They're right in the text. He's going to convict the world of sin because they don't believe. Do you know the greatest sin that the world needs to be convicted of is the sin of unbelief, of all the nastiness going on. The fact that they reject a holy God is of chief concern to God. And he wants to convict the world of sin, not just with a feeling or an emotion or painting something in the sky. He's sending the third person of the Trinity to work in the hearts and minds of those humans that he created in his image to show them they are in need of a Savior. Wow. To convict the world of sin. To convict of righteousness because I'm leaving, he says. I'm going away. So the standard of righteousness is moving off the earth. The only righteous man that ever lived. I'm, I'm going away, and I want the world to see the righteousness of God. How will that happen? That comes to point three. The third little thing under convicting is of judgment because the ruler of this world is already judged. Wait, what? And there's a beauty here. I, I, I wish I had more time to explode all this. I, I'll give you a few more thoughts on this in just a moment. Let me show you the point two out of this text. I said there were three things, the Holy Spirit, the prescribed work here. He'll convict the world. The second thing he does is guide us in truth. We've touched on that already, but it's important. When Jesus is describing to his disciples who are about to say goodbye to him, 
he says, this is important for you to know, I'm sending the helper. Imagine that. Y'all ever seen in churches where they used to have a kid's moment, they call all the kids up front, right? And Jesus has called his little sheep, these disciples up front, and he says, I love you all so much, I'm gonna send somebody to help you, and the first thing he's gonna do is tell you you're sinners. Yeah, sinners. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going away, and I'm not coming back the way that you think I am. I'm not coming back in time for you to see me necessarily come back the way that I'm going away. And, 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 and the righteous standard that I have, somebody's gotta hold the standard. I'm gonna send the Spirit for that. And, and now let's talk about judgment, right? Can you see the little kids' faces going, right? Jesus is telling us this is important stuff. This is serious stuff. Here's the third office of the Lord. He's going to guide us in truth, and he's going to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit never speaks of himself. He points to Jesus. Of all the things you've heard about the Holy Spirit, none are more important than these. We get so easily fascinated by the sensational and the major moments in history that were descriptive of something that the Holy Spirit did. But can I tell you this morning, Grace Covenant family watching online, friends and guests among us in the pews today, there is nothing quite as sensational, though, as the Lord himself caring enough about me personally to deal with my sin that could forever separate me from him wow to show me by his grace and mercy that my sin is far more serious and far more sensational than I even cared or dared to admit and I don't see sin that way without the Holy Spirit working in me and you won't see yourself as a sinner in need of a savior unless God starts that work in you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I pray he convicts all of us this morning Believer and unbeliever alike. In fact, the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But thank God if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That works for the saint and the sinner. Wow. Praise God for his tender mercy this morning in making us, watch this, miserable in our sin. When I had the last opportunity to share the gospel with my dad, this was years before he would die suddenly. I walked through a gospel presentation, a very simple, straightforward gospel presentation, much like many of you have shared with lost people, right? Yeah, just not for Sunday morning, yeah. So uh, simple gospel presentation, walked through it, a little, little booklet he could keep with him after I left. We got to the end and said, at this moment, will you receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you ready to receive him as Lord and Savior? And he said, no. Uh, you thought that was going a different way with the preacher telling you on a Sunday morning, didn't you? He said, no. I said, can I ask why not? And he said, I just love my life too much. I don't want anything to change. Love my life too much. Don't want anything to change. Wow. I was at the barber shop just up the road recently and overheard two men talking. One man said to another, have you said any, are you thinking about New Year's resolutions? And the guy said, not really. I, I don't really go for all that. I was waiting for some great reason for that. Here's what he said, because that would mean there was something wrong with me, something I'd need to change. You don't need to change anything. I mean, anything. When we got done with that gospel presentation with my dad, I said, Dad, do you mind if I pray for you? 
He said, yeah, sure, that's fine. Is it going to be long? I said, no, it's not church. It's fine. I prayed for him. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you please make my dad miserable? In Jesus' name, amen. He said, why would you say that? What are you doing? I said, if that's the only thing keeping you from walking with God, whatever it takes is worth it. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit causing us to hate sin. That's evidence he's working in you. I love this quote. If you're seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, be careful. We've got to pursue the Holy Spirit indirectly. In fact, we focus on the wonder of Christ because that's the Spirit working in us. If we look away from Jesus and seek the Spirit and His power directly, we could end up in the mire of our own subjective emotions chasing feelings and adrenaline fixes instead of being settled in who Christ is. Well, the Holy Spirit was promised. He was, his work was prescribed. And, and now we're about to see His present ministry and work. I, I want you to listen carefully to the, these last moments that we have together to worship the Lord in 2021. I mentioned to you earlier that when Jesus said, of righteousness because I go away, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness because I go away. Let's think about some scriptures that you know, right? He says, I'm going away, but the world still needs to see righteousness. Well, how does the Holy Spirit then display righteousness to the world? Has he got a TV show? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, uh, I, I've seen some of religious television today. I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, not you watching right now online or if you're watching this, it's not what I'm talking about. Um, how does he do that? Well, he does that through us. Christ, remember the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. The present ministry of the Holy Spirit is working in us so that we might walk in life and beauty on display to the world. Let me give you two passages here this morning as we finish. I'm really just going to read these passages, look at a couple of words, and then we're done. I want you to study some of this for yourself. Hint, that's the reason we put notes on the screen, so you can write them down. Read homework. It's every week you have homework. The Holy Spirit brings life. Look with me in your Bibles. If you didn't bring your Bible this morning, it's a beautiful thing. We've got those pew Bibles there. Grab one. Take it with you. I can replace those. I'd love to replace those. Romans chapter number 8, verse 9 through 11. Of all the verses you love in Romans 8, there's so many good verses there. It's a wonderful uh, passage. But look here. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of, say it, righteousness. Wow. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Through the Holy Spirit, God gives birth and to and supports our life in Christ. Scripture even refers to the Holy Spirit as living water. Christ himself did. Let me run through just a few points for you, a few list elements to give you some 
meta narrative of the Spirit being life given. At creation, the Bible says the Spirit in Genesis 1 was hovering over the face of the waters. In the valley of dry bones, it was the Spirit of God that came and brought life to those bones for the prophet Ezekiel. At Jesus' earthly conception, the Holy Spirit is the life giver in conception when Mary conceives this Jesus child. At the resurrection, the Holy Spirit gives resurrection life to Jesus Christ. According to 1 Peter 3, 18, he was put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. At the conversion of my life and your life and all new believers, even in persecuted lands, the Holy Spirit brings life. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In freeing believers from bondage, the Spirit is at work. Romans 8, go back and read the whole chapter, it'll bless you. The Bible says we are free in Christ from the law of sin and death because of the Spirit. And Jesus said of the Spirit, He is the living water. Out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. He said this of the Spirit of God. Look at that verse again in Romans 8, 10 through 11. The Bible tells us that God is with us and because Christ is in us, we have life. Do you have life this morning? God's people ought to be a people that celebrate life. I'm not talking about a political issue at all. I'm saying we ought to be people of life and we ought to be people who are not associated with the things of death and the macabre and darkness. I don't watch, celebrate, or participate in or consume media that points my mind and heart in that direction. You shouldn't either. If you're doing it, Stop it. And I don't mean to sound like a 95-year-old preacher uh, who's got an axe to grind, but here it comes. I got the microphone for just another second. Here we go. Stop watching horror flicks and movies that celebrate death and drag you down into the macabre. You've got no business as a child of God putting that junk in front of your eyes. That's about as old school as I can get. I can do some hacking if you want to. Because I... Right? Not going there. I'm trying to watch out for your soul. If a diabetic who was needed life-giving insulin sat and just gorged all day on Krispy Kremes, we would stop, not to stop their enjoyment or their pleasure, but because we were concerned that we're about to self-destruct. I'm trying to help you and shepherd you this morning. Stop associating with the culture of death and dark. The Spirit of God gives us life. The second thing he does is brings beauty. He brings beauty this morning. And such beauty he brings, we see it in the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22. You know this, but let's just look at it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Almost every single time I interact with Miss Ruth Snyder, we talk about having the mind of Christ and keeping in step with the Spirit of God. I love her for that. I love the way she pushes on that and has a heart to make sure that new believers and seasoned saints alike 
keep in step with the Spirit. How do we know that God is with us this morning? Well, there's so many ways, but just from our text this morning, we're walking toward life and beauty. Before you put the second question up, Mark, how do you know that the Spirit of God is with you? Are you walking toward life and beauty? Think about that for just a moment. Those descriptors that we describe, love, joy, peace, patience, don't you want to be around somebody like that? I have a friend who said uh, his pastor was describing the works of the Spirit and said, I want you to think about the most godly person you know, the person that exemplifies all of these. And my friend, who's about my age, said to me, you know, I was so embarrassed thinking that everybody in the church was thinking of me in that moment. No. Humility's not in the list, I don't guess. But love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, this is what beauty looks like. This is Christ adorning us with beauty as the Holy Spirit works in us and through us. Is God with us? Well, if we're walking toward life and beauty according to his terms, that's some pretty good evidence. How can we tell if God is not with us? If we're actively rebelling against God, if we're without peace, and we're walking toward death and destruction. It's a sobering note to end this final message on this morning, but I've been charged to watch as best I can for your souls. Listen to the contrast. We heard the beauty of the Spirit. Listen to the ugliness of the flesh, idolatry, sorcery, sensuality, sexual immorality, impurity, Enmity, strife, love stirring stuff up, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries. Even my mouth does ugly things while you read this list, doesn't it? Dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And then he goes on to say in that same beautiful passage from Galatians 5, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. God with us? Yes. Hope? Oh. Praise God. Love, joy, peace. I need some of that. Jesus, we love him. If you love him, do what he says. And if you love him, praise God, he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit that helps us to walk in life and beauty. To my brothers and sisters this morning, here's the charge. Keep in step with the Spirit. Finish strong. Finish 2021 strong. Start 2022 strong. Keep in step with the Spirit. Ask the Lord to fill you with His Spirit each and every day for every moment of the day. Ask the Lord, Lord, set the stage for me. Set my calendar for me today. Help me to walk in this day with joy. Fill me with your Spirit so that I fix my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll do it. To my friends who are watching right now on a little screen, big screen, or maybe you're in the building this morning, and you're headed down a different path. You're embracing the things that are clearly against God because you think it's cute or funny or clever or you think you're smarter. You're embracing things that are clearly against God's clear direction and teaching. Hear and heed the warning this morning from God's word. You, You may have wanted some warm fuzzies on the final God with us message, but here's what the Bible says. If you continue down that path, you will not inherit 
the kingdom of God. But praise God, the helper is here this morning drawing you, presenting the work of Christ to you, calling you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's my charge to you, friend whom I love. Repent. Repent. Put your faith and trust in Christ alone and let God's Spirit lead you toward life and love, not off the cliff of death and destruction. God with us brings His Spirit. I'm gonna ask all the musicians to come now. We'll have a moment of reflection after this message that I trust that those of you in the room who identify as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ will take a moment and ask the Lord to help you keep in step with the Spirit. And for those of you who don't know Him, if you sense that misery in your sin this morning, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit working in you now, drawing you to a living relationship with the God who spoke this world into existence and has more life and beauty for you than you can even imagine. In a little bit, you didn't know I had this in my notes, but she pulled the chorus, Oh, come, let us adore him. Sovereign Grace Music this year released a song called, Oh, come, all unfaithful. Listen to this as our charge right before we pray. Oh, come, all you unfaithful. Come, weak and unstable. Come, know you're not alone. Oh, come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Oh, come, bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come, taste of his perfect love. Oh, come, guilty and hiding ones, there's no need to run. See what your God has done. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus, that indescribable gift too wonderful for words. And thank you, Jesus, for the promise, for the prescribing the work and the present ministry of the Holy Spirit. Move in and work through us now, in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen.